We are embarking on the fourth sermon of this series, Kingdom Family. We are going to focus on just one verse, uh, still working out of Genesis, but, but Genesis sums up a concept that we need to hear that is really found in Isaiah 43 and 7. Without this truth, without this truth, without the understanding of the truth I'm about ready to uh, try to make clear, uh, nothing else in life makes sense. Every other principle that I teach is really built upon this truth. And, and you see it over and over again within the Bible, and it explains really some reasons why we have made decisions and find ourselves in positions that we are in. The, the scripture reading is from Isaiah 43, uh, verse 7, and, and it would read like this in our hearing. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, who I have form whom I have made, and I could add, add for myself. Amen. <laughs> That's really the essence of what he's saying. I made you for me. <laughs> Whether you know it or not, God made you for him. That's it. Father, even now as uh, I get ready to preach this truth, allow me to make it clear, allow me to, to, to make it where even a baby can understand it. Then I'll go allow there be such a atmosphere, such a uh, manifestation of your presence that we hear it, that we receive it, that we understand it, that illumination of it will come and that there will be a spiritual shift in us. Lord, we, we need to see you. Lord, we need to understand this foundational truth that everything else is built on. Lord, even now, Lord, even now, Lord, even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen. amen. I guess it's been some, wow, close to 25 years ago. I get a phone call from one of my nephews. He's about 11, he's about 12, and he specifically called for me. He's on the other end of the phone, and, and he asked, he said, he said, Uncle Trace, I got a question. I said, yeah, what is it? He said, he said, what is the purpose of life? What is life all about? You know, I, I will never forget him asking me that question because I wasn't expecting that 
profound of a question from an 11-year-old. I wasn't expecting someone that age to ask that question. But, but, but you know what? That question does not come from the numbers of your years, but it comes from the experiences of your life. Uh, Y'all need to walk with me. There are babies, there are children that have already been through enough that they are asking the question, what is life really all about anyway? Matter of fact, if, if you have lived any, 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 any length of time, each and every one of us are, have asked that question, is asking that question, and by the way we live, it, it, I can tell you whether we have found the answer to that question or not. Matter of fact, I was a minister when he asked me that question. I was, I was preaching, and I don't remember my answer. I know I had something about God, but, but I'm not quite sure I answered that question as clearly, as, 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 as with definition as I can now. Matter of fact, my definition and my answer to this question has become clear within the last few months. God has a way of keep adding to the illumination. That, but what you thought you knew, now he adds more to it. So now you can define it even more. And I even think that what I think I know now, God's going to add to that so that I would be able to, 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 to define it even more. Isaiah taps into the heart of God and, and God is crying out to Israel and he's not just talking to Israel, he's really talking to all of mankind and what he's saying is I made you for my glory, I made you in my image, you are my, I made you for myself. Amen. And that's easy to say. But, but, but do you really, do, do we really understand the full concept of what that means? And the truth of the answer is no. <laughs> no, we don't. Matter of fact, the heart of the problem of all mankind is this. Everybody is searching for something in one way or another, and the most dangerous person in the world is a person that has lost hope and they're no longer searching. Ah, y'all need to walk with me in this. All of us is really looking for the meaning of life, whether we know it or not, and, and whatever we are chasing, we are expecting it to fulfill something on the inside to find purpose and meaning in life. And when you lose hope, and you're no longer searching, and then you're the most dangerous person because you don't care about your life, and if I don't care about my life, I sure don't care about your life. This is fundamental to human existence, and God placed this in us because he wants it to turn us towards him. Matter of fact, you know, it's funny. Here, here, here we have a, a perfect man and a woman in a prepared place that is perfect, and the Bible never talks about the place. 
Oh, we know that, that the name of his delight is pleasure. We know that it's perfect. We know that there's nothing wrong there. We know there's no evil there. And the Bible doesn't even give description except from everything that grew up in it was for food. So everything in it is good. But the reason why God doesn't give us a description of the place because the, the whole thing is not about the place. That's right. It's about who's in the place. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, Satan stole from us. We don't even understand the degree that he stole, and he's still stealing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's evil. And he's not a man, he's a fallen angel. And as being a fallen angel, he knows that the heart of, of man and the essence of who we are is in our relationship with God. And because he no longer has it, he don't want you to have it. How can I say this? Misery loves company. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I I see this, I see, I see this, I see this, I see the opposite of this in, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, that, that, that this text brings us to the point of showing what once was before Adam and Eve decided they didn't need God. When they decided, when they disobeyed God, they was really saying, you're not the source, you're not the essence, we got this. Did, did you know that every time you're disobedient, that's what you're saying? That's what I'm saying? It's the same story being played all over again. You know, here, here God comes down in the Garden of Eden, in the perfect place, prepared place, and he comes down, and it says his presence. He, I don't know how God manifests his presence because remember, he's spirit. So, 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 so he don't have a body. He made the body become one of us. But at this time, he's, he, he, he's, a, and we, he, it's his spirit. And he comes to relate to them in a spiritual way. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. And somehow they knew when he was coming and they used to run to him. And now they're hiding from him. In one way or another, we all are hiding. Okay, can, can I show you what the key of relationship is? In intimacy, the key to any relationship of intimacy is transparency. It is, don't just see me, see into me, know me. When God came in the garden this time, because they became self-conscious, they no longer wanted God to see into them because they lost sight of themselves. You know, it's funny how we, I hear talk like this. I'm trying to find myself. Well, how are you trying to find yourself? Well, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Well, you ain't going to find yourself in doing that. 
Matter of fact, you're not even going to find yourself looking inward into you. The only one that knows who you are is God. The only one, he created you. He knows why he created you. He knows the gifts that he placed in you. He knows your purpose on earth. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. You are not an accident. I don't care how mama and daddy came up with you. Before mama and daddy got together, God. I don't care how, 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 you was, how conception came about. There was no conception unless God already had you in mind. Conception is not a physical act. It's a spiritual act brought about by a natural act. But if the spirit don't enter that egg, ain't nothing going to happen. Why? Because we're made in his image, and in his image is spiritual, which means that God don't look like us. He became like us, but, but, but our spiritual being is, is his likeness. He says glory. You know, you read the Bible, it says, and the whole earth is full of his glory. Amen. And I said, Lord, so, so when you look at the earth, you see your glory. He said, yeah, when I see, when I look at the earth, I see my created glory. When I see the beauty of the flowers, that's, that's my glory because I love beauty. When I see the trees, and the, that's, 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 I see my glory because I created that, and I created that after my nature. When I see the giraffe and the zebra, and I see how they are unique in their makeup, I see my glory. But, but nothing has my glory like the potential of you. You know what, we, we talk about praise, but praise has to be more than the words that come out of our mouth. Because watch this, if my heart is not hooked up to his heart, the words of my mouth don't mean nothing. Can, can I go a step different? If my doing isn't coming from a right heart, then it doesn't look like God. God's glory is that he sees himself in you when he sees you. Hold on now, don't, don't, don't run out. Not, not, not how you look, but he's looking at your heart. The reason why you had to be born again except Jesus Christ, because when Adam and Eve fell, their heart changed. And when God looked at their heart, he didn't see himself. Being born again means that God had zoomed them. The Holy Spirit is now in you. So now the presence of God is in you. But the problem is, are you going to let him shine on the outside? Why? Because the old nature is there, and you're battling with, with, with me on the inside, and you want control. And, and, and when, you, when you choose to be you and not choose to be me, I don't see me. I see you. So even though you're, you're singing the choir or you're preaching, if your heart not right, I can't hear your praise. Because it's not the praise of your lips I hear, it's the praise of your heart I hear. 
See, see, let me let me show you. See, see, when I when, uh, let me show you when you really got it in order. You got it in order when when you don't praise me because of circumstance, but you praise me in spite of circumstance. Then I see that you see me beyond your circumstance. It's a heart thing. You don't know what I discovered. When my heart is right, I don't get upset about any old thing. Listen, things are going to happen. People are going to be people. But, but when I'm in God's presence, it really doesn't matter what's going on around me. God is able to keep me in perfect peace. I can't explain it. I just know my God is a keeper. Adam and Eve was in the perfect place, not because they was in the garden. They was in the perfect place because they was in his presence. Can I go a little bit deeper? As a Christian, does not mean that I have experienced his presence. There's a whole lot of Christians who don't know what I'm talking about because they have never practiced or never got in. See, how can I say this? God sometimes has to put you in a place where you're all by yourself. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, don't, don't run ahead of me. See, see, we got too many crutches in the way that, that instead of running to God, we run to crutch A, B, C, and D. But, but when, when, when God puts you and take everybody else out of the way, and you realize all that you got is him, when God puts you in a place that you don't want to be, when God got you and, and he's breaking you, and all of a sudden, you're asking God to change your circumstance, but the presence of God comes in without changing your circumstance. And all of a sudden, you get a peace and a joy on the inside that changes everything. That's the presence of God. Some of us haven't been broken enough to experience him. You know what? The hardest thing in the world to break is a human stubbornness. I am sometimes shocked how much we go through and still won't let go. Almost died and still as stubborn as you have ever been. Been knocked down to the ground over and over and, and still prideful. You know what? I'm, I'm, let me speak for myself. Before I yielded, I went through a whole lot of stuff. God had to take me to the ultimate level 
before I gave in. And I see myself and a whole lot of other people. And I said, Lord, don't let them have to go through all I went through. Hold on, hold on, watch this. And I was resisting the very best thing that could have happened to me. Satan lied. He told Adam and Eve, God's keeping something from you that you're not going to find this in God. You're going to find this in knowledge. Song of Solomon has a book called Ecclesiastes. In this book, he is really detailing his search for the meaning of life. And in this book, what he says is, all that is under the earth, under the heaven, is vanity. Yes. Now, now, notice what he said. He says, under the heavens. Yes, if you're searching for your purpose and meaning in life in anything or anybody under the heaven, you're searching in the wrong place. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He, says, he says, everything else is going to let you down. Everybody else is going to let you down. The only one that can fill that void is God. You know, over, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then, then love, love your neighbor, you love yourself. Well, why does he start this thing off with love? Why is it that the first thing Adam experienced when God breathes into his nostril and he become a living soul is God's presence? Why is it that the Garden of Eden is his presence? He is trying to show us what it takes for us to become who he has created us to be. You know what Satan does? He throws everything else in our way. Watch this. Watch this Psalms. Watch this Psalms. What Psalms I want? Come on, Psalms. 1611. The psalmist says... You, O oh Lord, I'm adding you, Lord, will show me the path of my life. You don't even know what path you ought to be taking until God shows it to you. The problem is, is this. Sometimes I want God to show me his, the path so I can decide whether I'm going to take it or not. Can, 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 I, can I go a step farther? Can I go a step farther? Sometimes I want him to show my purpose without showing me him. Okay, watch this, watch this, watch this. See, uh, unless I put him first, nothing else is going to fall together. I mean, nothing. Everything I put my hands to will, will become, if I make it my God, I will become slave to that. I don't care how good looking he is. He ain't all that. I don't care how fine she is. She can't be all that. God will not allow nobody to be your God but him. And the very thing we make that we let take his place is going to break our hearts. Guarantee. Guarantee. And every time 
we get out of order that it's God, it's Christ. It's not even my circumstances. It's not in my situation. You know, we use this, I'm only human. Wait a minute, you got, you got God in you. You got the third person of the Godhead in you if you say. Don't, don't, don't give me that lame excuse. Tap into your source. Listen, it's not about perfection. It's about chasing him. Who, who are we chasing? What are we chasing? And watch this. And you could be chasing him, then something went by and you chasing that. I, I think we go, I think we're inconsistent in our chasing. You hear this sermon, oh, Lord, I'm going to chase you today, but tomorrow, what's this? He says, you will show me the path of life, more life, the life I was created to walk in. I don't care how much the outside world, good success, family okay, good job. If your spiritual life is not full, nothing else is full. That's right. Oh, yes, sir. Funny, what's Bruce' new name, Bruce Jenner's? I cannot remember that for nothing in this world. Is that what it is? I can't remember that for nothing in this world. Probably because I don't want to. Okay? As I understand, he realized he made a mistake. When we don't put God in its proper place, the extent we will go to fill the void in our life, the trouble we will get ourselves in. You know, and some things is irreversible after you get in there. <laughs> There's some things, you know, you're going to pay a heavy price to get out of it. And, 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 and the Lord is saying all the time, it's me. I'm the fount of life. I will give you water that you won't quench no more. I am the bread of heaven. I am your life, your way, and the truth. It's me. I mean, how many times does he have to say it, but we still don't get it? In Genesis, Adam and Eve had that, and they ran from it because they now, instead of being God-centered, they are self-centered, and they don't want intimacy with him. Can I help you? Please don't fall in love with the wrong person. Please don't fall in love with the wrong person. Because if they don't have a relationship with God, they can't do intimacy with you. Can, can, can I go deeper? You can only love a person to the degree you love God. And if you got a surface relationship with God, they're going to have a surface relationship with you. And they don't really love you. They love what you can do for them. 
Why? Because God is the ultimate see into me, intimacy, relationship, and all other relationship flows from my ability to be intimate and, 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 and transparent with him. And when I am intimate and transparent with him, now I am open to somebody else who's on the same spiritual level. But, but if you're not on the same spiritual level, you can't catch me. A sparrow can't fly with an eagle. And a chicken can't fly. Oh, Lord, please help us. Lord, in your presence, in your presence is a fullness of joy. And here Adam and Eve runs. Many of us are sitting here and we really hide. We put on our church face today. We, as we was getting ready, iron our clothes, we was getting ready and said, okay, hallelujah. <laughs> we know how to do church real well. But, but the truth of the matter is, we, 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 we are far from God. I don't care how much church you do. If you're not allowing him to come into the secret places in your life, if you're not allowing him to look at the places that you don't even want, you know, you know, you know, yeah, we all fall. It's not about falling. God, God came and got us while we was in our sins. So why do you think your sins is going to keep you from God? God came to save you from your sins. So therefore, he's not asking you to be what you can't be. He's asking you to let him be himself in you and through you. But you can't run from me, run to it. Matter of fact, the moment you sin, you need to get on your knees and get to it. Say, Lord, I'm falling closer to you. Lord, I, 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 I fall, but I get back up. Lord, Lord, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fall and roll forward because, because I refuse for anything. What's creeping in and stealing your joy, your peace? and your sense of being loved. As soon as we take our eyes off of him, our heart is troubled. Our soul is troubled. Because now I'm expecting from, from something else to do what only he can do. And watch this. Whenever I, I, I place my eyes on something other than him, I, I feel out of place. I feel out of sorts. The, the joy isn't as high. The peace isn't as peaceful. <laughs> you know why? Because, because, because for a moment I've taken my eyes off. You know what I discovered? You got to push stuff out your way. If you got to, I'm going to go here. If mama, daddy, sister, brother, husband, wife 
Because the truth of the matter is, if you're going higher and they don't want to go with you, there's a separation that happens between you and them. Okay, guess what? Well, guess what? Now, now I'm not saying that, 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 you, that, you, that you get divorced or anything like that. What I'm saying is you can't let nobody stop you from getting what you need. What I'm saying is, is this. I'm saying is that, listen, that when it comes to Jesus, you better be selfish. When it comes to him, I choose him before anybody else. I choose him before anything else because I want to be the real me. I want him to show me what he got for me. Now, now you can go with me, but if you don't, I'll go by myself. <laughs> because you'll be surprised the folks that don't want you to get deeper. Sometimes the very people that ought to be would be the very people that say, well, don't get too religious now. Don't, don't, don't be a holy roller. You carrying the Bible all the time. You know, you getting too deep, you lose your mind. I'm going to lose my mind too. We're going to lose our minds together because he's the best thing that ever happened to me. Matter of fact, I lost my mind when I was out there. Jonathan Edwards, who probably is the, uh, the deepest American theologian that ever lived. Most theologians come from Germany. They come from Africa. They come from. They come from. They come from uh, uh, England. And at the turn of the century, but when you talk about American theologians, Jonathan Edwards was the deepest. He graduated from Yale at 16. Started going to Yale at 13. He was a genius. He was a bonafide genius, and he was a preacher who who was instrumental in starting the Great Awakening. He lives in the middle of the 1700s, and, and, and he was just a deep brother, okay? Uh, he was just deep. Listen to some of his quotes. He says, of all the knowledge that we could ever attain, the knowledge of God, and I add this, and then, then he says, and the knowledge of ourselves is most important. He said, he said, other knowledge is not bad, but it's not the most important. You know, have you ever, have you ever seen an educated fool? All the book knowledge in the world, but they couldn't even walk across the street. I mean, I mean, knowledge don't mean wisdom. And, there, and there's some educated folks who think they all that, and you just saying, ooh-wee. <laughs> Let's go on. He says, God's purpose for my life was that I would have passion for his glory. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Lord, when you see me, I want you to see you. Yes, sir. 
Hold on. Can, can I take the step there? If God don't see himself in what I do with the attitude that I do it with, then it's not acceptable. Can I go a step further? I can be here preaching my best sermon, but if my heart isn't right, it is unacceptable to God. And he may even use that sermon to bless other people, and I would stand here and not be blessed. We can praise God and thank God, but if I have not allowed, if we have not allowed him to get into the center part of our heart and change and be changing what needs to be changed. Listen, 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 watch it. Hold on, hold on, watch it, watch it, watch it. It's not even that, that, that I have changed, but I'm allowing him to change me. Did you hear that? That I'm open. I'm, I'm a pliable. I'm still in the process of changing because I believe you never quit changing. But, but when I quit allowing him to dictate my change, God says everything else you do is unacceptable. <laughs> Why? Because it's a hard thing with him. He said, when you put me first, even when I got you in a place that you don't like, you still will find a way to praise me. Is there anybody been through something and somehow God still gave you praise? God is good in the midst of bad situation. I don't know how he does it. I just know that God will show up. He will show up without changing your circumstance. Give you joy, give you peace, let you know he got you. Oh, 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 there ought to be an expression of God that you can't contain. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody can shout on Sunday, but can you shout on Monday? Can you shout on Tuesday? I mean, when you're all by yourself and you don't got any help, can you, do you give God the praise? I mean, when the bottle fell out, can you stand flat-footed and say, Lord, you all I got. But Lord, you, you, you're enough, Lord. So keep me in my right mind. Hallelujah. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to close this out. We, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied. Let me see if I can explain that. John Piper, who is a theologian and preacher today, he, he has studied extensively Jonathan Edwards. So he takes this theme of Jonathan Edwards, who talks about that we are created for his glory, and the Bible says that, but he says, okay, let me take this a step further. God is most glorified, let me add, in us when we are most satisfied. Now, hold on. It's almost an oxymoron, okay? Because Satan has told us we won't find life satisfaction in God. We'll find it in someone or something else. 
And that has taken our desire for God. So we find ourselves chasing something that can't do it. Can't do it. Can't get you there. It can't be number one. Now, now, now what I discovered is this. When, when I'm satisfied with God, it makes everything else better. The sun is a little bit brighter. The flowers smell a little bit better. Food even tastes better. Why? Because, because, because on the inside, I got joy and I'm satisfied. So even if it's not all that right, I don't notice it's all that right because God is right with me and I'm right with him, so it's all right. <laughs> uh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Folks don't even move you anymore. They don't speak, they don't talk. It's no never mind because everything is right. <laughs> You know, after a while, small stuff don't get on your nerves. The stuff that you say, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. How is it that you got the peace of God driving in your car and you get upset because somebody in front of you don't know how to drive? And it's probably me in front of you because I ain't paying attention to what I'm doing. My thing is, I'm thankful I didn't hit you. I'm thankful you didn't hit me. I don't cut time to fuss at you because I'm thankful we didn't have an accident and I'm praising God that I saw that you ran through the red light and I didn't go through the green light as quickly as I wanted to. So why should I fuss at you when I recognize God kept me? It's about your perspective. We miss the little things God is doing because we're not looking. We're not expecting. Let, let, me, let me take this home. I, I got here somewhere about 4.30 this morning. And I was walking in, I heard, it's 11 degrees outside. And, and, and the rooster across the street made his way out of his chicken coop. It's dark. The sun is not up yet. And he said, Wait a minute. I thought they did that at the rise of the sun. But the sun hasn't risen yet. And it's still giving praise to God for the rising of the sun. Hold on now. Hold on now. Hold on now. Hold on now. He, he knows that the sun rises every day. And even if he beats the sun rising up, he knows the sun gonna rise up. So he's cock-a-cock-a doing with an expectation that the sun is gonna rise. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Freezing cold outside. He don't have a coat on. He don't have a jacket on. 
and it makes its way out. Point its head up, cock a cock a doo. If a rooster, if a rooster know what to do, how much more should we know what to do? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The wolf who missed its buffalo meal, stomach hungry, but let the moon shine in the night. And they would gather together, hungry, and they still would say, Ooh! Hallelujah! The horse, the stallion that is running in the field, it would run and click its back heels together in celebration that I've been born to run, and I'm running, and I'm gonna celebrate my savior with a... Oh, the dolphin in the middle of the sea, who's swimming, would jump out of the water, flipping and spinning in celebration. I'm in my element, and I like being my dolphin, so I like jumping out of water, giving him praise. The blue whale would jump his big self out of the water and splash the water in celebration of how his creator made him. And the lion would stand over his prey and say, I killed another animal. I'm king of the jungle. The ape will stand up and They can do what they do. How much more, how much more should you and I that's been created in his image, that's full of his spirit, ought to say hallelujah, hallelujah. What's keeping us from doing what we've been created to do. Can I step it? Make it say, Father, some of us is waiting on him and he's waiting on us. Your next breakthrough to your healing is dependent on your praise. Why? We do this thing by faith. Which means I believe as though it's already done. So I don't have to start praising him after it's done because that doesn't take no faith. God want to know, do you take me at my word? Will you depend on what I have already done? Will you believe me before it happens? Well, if you believe me, you ought to act like it. If you act like it, I ought to hear something. I ought to see joy in your walking. I ought to see joy in your talking. You ought to be able to praise me when things are not the way you think it ought to be. But because you got your eyes on me, I'll hold you, I'll feel you, 
I will teach you. I will show you. I will cover you. I will protect you. I will fill you with my joy in my presence. Hallelujah. 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 He made us to get into his presence. And when you get there, you will find what you need. Your healing there, your joy. Now I said, until you get there, you don't know how real it is. Till you get there, you think I'm just using religious terms. But I ain't talking about religion. I'm talking about relationship. And I want you to know that Jesus is real. I want you to know he's good. I want you to know he's the best thing that could ever happen to you. I want you to know he's waiting on you. He's waiting on you. Your blessing is in Jesus. Your joy is in Jesus. Your life is in Jesus. The next level is in Jesus. Get in Jesus and you'll find yourself. Oh, there's something about my Jesus that makes everything all right. There's something about my Lord that makes everything. Mm. Made in his presence. Created for his presence. To abide in his presence. And when that happens, you will never let anything else steal from you what the Lord has given you. Adverse situation. Adverse circumstances. And his joy but come flowing in. Oh, he'll come and find you. He'll make the devil back up. Oh, yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. The devil will flee out the room when Jesus comes in. Today, I don't know what the Lord may be saying to you, but he may be saying, come. And if he's saying, come, just be obedient. Because he bless your obedience. If you hear today, listen to the spirit of the Lord. And just come. Hmm.